Hey, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. I wanted to let you know that the episode you're about to listen to is from our archives and a podcast that I did called the Internet Marketing Podcast back in 2013. You'll notice that we reference the domain Mike'sPodcast.com, which I no longer own, but I still wanted to make sure that you had access to some of the great content and interviews from this session. So if you need anything in the future, please visit epicmarketer.com. Thanks so much and enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast with your host, Mike Cowles. Hey, this is Mike from epicmarketer.com. And today's podcast is going to be a great conversation I have with one of my uh, favorite marketers out there. This is uh, one half of the Internet Business Mastery podcast, and it's Jason Van Orden. And uh, Jason and Jeremy host literally probably the most popular internet marketing podcast on iTunes. And there's so much great content on there, and both of the guys are just great teachers that I really was excited and uh, really feel privileged to be able to have Jason come on and share some of his content. And today's topic is going to be outsourcing. So let's go ahead and jump right in. All right, Jason, how's it going? Good. Thanks, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm really excited about this call today. I've been uh, looking forward to this. I've been a big fan of uh, IBM and just listening to uh, Jason and Jeremy. And, uh, you know, you guys are a huge influence on me and just really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm thrilled to hear that. Thank you. Cool, cool. So uh, I thought a great topic to talk about today, and I know you've talked about it uh, a lot on uh, Internet Business Mastery, is outsourcing. And, you know, one of the big things that I've seen over and over again, whether it's, you know, uh, guys like Mike Fulsane or Rich Sheffrin or whoever, is it seems like it's across the board that they've all said, you know, I went from making fifty to 100000 to making... 200 to 500,000 a year as soon as I started outsourcing. Do you think that uh, in your opinion outsourcing is has that big of an impact on people's businesses? Well, it definitely can. I mean, it's not going to heal a business that's got other, you know, sickness to it so to speak, but if you find yourself in a position of a, of a business that, you know, you've got a solid idea idea and you know that you can get sales and you've had success at attracting um you know, attracting your target market and you've got a good idea of the strategy that you want to implement, it just feels like there's not enough time to get it done fast enough, then certainly, you know, if you find yourself going, I wish there were more hours in a day, well, there can be more hours in a day. You can buy more hours in a day. You can buy them, you know, from people on the other side of the world at very reasonable prices, even mm-hmm. like we do for our team. And and in that case, it certainly can be a multiplier. Absolutely. And it, it wasn't multiplier for our business when we did that. So, uh, yes, I, however, you know, I have seen people, they're like, oh, well, you, you, you need to have solid strategy and foundation first. Because I've seen people who didn't take the time to really understand their traffic strategy or who they were trying to attract to their business or have solid messaging down. And they felt like they were going to go hire somebody in the Philippines that said, oh, I do SEO, <laughs> you know, $500 a month or whatever, $400 a month. It seems too good to be true. The person hires them full time and then nothing happens or worse. It actually makes their rankings not as good and you're just hoping it's like oh well i'm just going to pay pay this person and they're magically going to fix my business because you know if if that person was a business strategist they wouldn't be charging five hundred dollars a month you know from the philippines to run your business they'd be going to running their own business right so you have to be you have to have the right 
uh, fuel to put into the machine, so to speak, and for that to to multiply your business and actually work. So I would make that distinction, but it, it absolutely has the power to be a significant multiplier. That's awesome. You know, one of the things that you brought up I think is really key is, uh, and I don't remember who I'd originally heard this quote from, but uh, as far as when to not outsource is if your uh, business is already broken, like <laughs> you don't know who your customers are, you don't know what to do, then you're not going to be able to teach it to somebody. So right. I, I think that kind of, you know, eliminates a lot of people. Who else do you think is is probably outsourcing not a good uh, a good fit for Well, let's see. I mean, I think other than that, I mean, it's 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 not a good fit. Only, I know people might be saying, "Well, if I don't have, you know, what if I don't have the money yet?" Well, at some mm-hmm. point, you're just going to have to make the leap and do it. It's going to be that leap of faith. It's an investment. So I wouldn't say to exclude that person. So really, it's I, I think just about anybody, as long as you've got a good direction and a good uh, strategy that's at least shown some promise of working. It's it's going to to help with. So I don't know that. I mean, okay, I guess I would say there's certain types of tasks that I might might not, you know, uh, outsource overseas because, you know, my my preference that I have somebody in the office with me working on them or something, you know, and to date I haven't, now it doesn't mean that they're not there, but like I typically if I'm outsourcing or, you know, hiring a, a contractor to do like design work. I'm not necessarily like going to the Philippines and hiring somebody full time, but that's because I don't need that much design work done for our business. So in that case, it's just one off stuff. So I guess I guess that's the other distinction to make is it's for the types of tasks that are ongoing enough in your business to to be able to keep somebody busy full time. Now, the caveat for that is I, I would say, you know, because another objection a lot of people make is, well, I don't know that I have enough stuff to give a person for 40 hours right. of work. And that may be true, but it's, again, one of those things where if you wait to feel like you have enough stuff to give them, it's it's you, you've waited too long. <laughs> um, you'll be surprised once you have the right person working for you how quickly you are going to find the stuff for them to do. Like, there's all these little things that your brain is just blocked off from even thinking about or considering for more than a couple seconds because you know immediately it hits the boundaries of your bandwidth and and just for your own sanity your brain tucks it away into the recesses and says well maybe later we'll bring this back up again but when you and your brain know that there's somebody to give some of those things those other things to to free up your creativity all of a sudden you're going to notice it's just a strange thing you hire that person and it's like your your subconscious and creative mind starts going oh okay well you've expanded your capacity so i'm now going to fill it with more good stuff you know for you to more raw material um so that's that's another phenomenon that i've seen and and that's just the only way to do that is just to take the leap and and uh and dive in hire somebody that's great you know one of the the things i've heard uh chris ducker talk about and a few other people talk about is uh, like James Schramko's also mentioned this is one of the first people you want to hire as far as a VA is not necessarily like a programmer or something like a lot of people think, but uh, like a project manager or some people would even consider it like an executive assistant. And what's great about somebody like that is like the example you mentioned with graphics, you know, a lot of people will get a graphic done, you know, once in a blue moon, once or twice a, a month, that kind of thing. And you're uh, assistant can actually hire somebody like on Fiverr 
and monitor it and say this looks good or doesn't look good or come back to you and say you know jason here's three one three different versions which one do you like or do you want me to go back to them to save you the time to do that kind of stuff as well right yeah Yeah. and all those little things add up um yeah because you'd be again you'd be surprised like the you'd be surprised at the little bits of energy that can even if something because the other the other and i'm going through all these objections that people have to outsourcing they're like oh well i could just do that 10 minutes myself but you know 10 minutes here 10 minutes there and it's just not the it's not only just the time it's also just the having to shift gears and having to hold those things in your brain like that takes energy and it it absolutely over time makes a difference and so it never just takes 10 minutes (laughs) right you know exactly so um yeah that is the first person i would say you should is like an executive assistant that can take off your hands things like uh you know maybe customer support doing some research collecting data mm-hmm. um and and interfacing with yeah certain kinds of services and vendors and and stuff for you or at least doing the grunt work and to the point that then a strategic decision needs to be made and then they bring it to you and you can make that decision right now uh do you have a suggestion as far as where to find uh, good quality people to work for you? I mean, I know we mentioned the Philippines, and I agree with that. But as far as like a site, like would you do Craigslist or would you go to a service or what do you suggest? Well, th- I've had the most. So if I think of the people that are working for me now, I've every I have three. We we have three for our business Internet mm-hmm. Business Mastery that work for us full time. They're all in the Philippines, and all three of them have been found through other people i have done some direct hiring myself where i go to like these database sites and find resumes and interview them um and i've also done it where um you know you go yeah to craigslist or whatever and you're hiring directly yourself um first of all i don't like that process it's it's not enjoyable at all it's kind of a grind Mm -hmm. and so what i found i was doing is sometimes i would keep somebody longer than i should have kept them because their performance wasn't up anymore but just the thought of having to go through the pain of hiring the next thing i know i've kept somebody nine months beyond (laughs) you know what i should have um like the the writing was on the wall because because that happens you know sometimes you hire somebody they're just not the right fit or even performance changes over time sadly um so that's you know that's one thing is I didn't like the fact that I I was averse to doing the hiring process and so it made me not make the right decisions, um, but also for whatever reason and I'll just admit this like apparently I like when I have hired them and made those decisions directly myself maybe I'm too much of a nice guy I don't know but like mm-hmm. I've definitely gone through that process hired people and anybody that I've hired directly myself where I did the interviewing they didn't work out in the end well I shouldn't say that one person did actually was here for a few years but there's been a lot more that haven't. Um, and so the three that we have for uh, with us right now are all people that we got somebody else hired them before we did, and mm. so let me t- and I mean a few different things about that. So, um, for instance, we have one programmer that just a friend of ours had been using her for two years, and his workload changed, and he didn't need this programmer anymore. So he came to us and said, "Would you like to hire her? Because I'd rather her not, you know, have to. I mean, she could probably go find it, but he was just trying to help her out and make sure she." She, right. uh, you know, kept work going immediately. Right. And so he, he was able to speak to her workload and things like that. So she'd already been vetted in that way by somebody who had a, you know, business that was similar enough to ours that we knew that it'd probably be a good fit. And it was. She's been working for us for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, another person, we, yeah, it was a friend that had found 
um, somebody in the Philippines who's actually, I mean, you hear a lot about like these, you know, less than thousand dollar a month programmers or like these three, four or $500 a month executive assistants, which are awesome rates. And she found this one resume where the guy was asking for like a couple thousand dollars a month. And so she's like, well, why, why are you so much more compared to all these other people that I'm seeing the resume? He's like, well, it's cause I'm worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and and she, out of sheer curiosity and that she's like, well, I hired him. Now, he was awesome, but she didn't have, you know, that was you know a couple thousand dollars a month was a lot for her business at the time. So she came to us and said, do you want to, I found this amazing, he knows programming, he knows project management, he knows a lot of good technical stuff, but um, I, I don't have the budget to hire this guy full time. Can we split him half and half? So we split him half and half. Now, the time came where her needs changed and we took him over full time for our business. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been with us for a couple of years now, but again, we're taking him over for somebody else. And then the third person that we have that's working with us is our customer service uh, guy. We've had him maybe about six months now. And we hired him through Chris Ducker, which you mentioned earlier, who's a virtual staff finder service. You know, they, he's in the Philippines. He's lived there 12 years. He's married to a Filipino. He understands the culture. He's hired many, 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 many Filipinos for his own business, not to mention for other people. Clearly, he's got it figured out. And so if I can just go and pay him as a finder's fee to remove that pain from me of having to go through the hiring process, and not only that, have a success rate that's clearly going to be much higher than my own, then that's absolutely worth it to me. And so I would say, like, let's say today I had to hire somebody to do a specific thing. I would probably put the word out to my colleagues and friends and just say, do you know of anybody or anybody on your teams that needs? And if that didn't work, then I would just go to Chris and say, OK, Chris, here's your finder's fee. This is what we're looking for. Go find me. And, what, you know, he finds you three candidates. You interview him. You choose the one you like. And off you go. And that worked great for us. We've used his service once and it, it, it worked out really well. So for using Chris's service, which, by the way, I'll put the link on the show notes. If you're listening to this while you're driving or working out or whatever, it'll be at uh, epicmarketer.com forward slash Jason. So I'll put Chris's site on there. Um, so for somebody like a, like a project manager, uh, like we're talking about, or an executive assistant, what kind of finder's fee are we talking about for Chris to go through that process to bring you three people? Well, I guess I should check his site to see in case it's changed. It was around $300 last time we did it. Maybe it's gone up. And that was a steal. So I'm sure since then, I wouldn't be surprised if it's gone up a little bit. Um, okay. You know, just because it's, I'm, Chris knows that his service is worth it and, and the word is, is spreading. But I'm, I'm guessing it, the finder's fee is somewhere between three and 300 and something probably dollars a month. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, not a month. I'm one time. Back. I know it's a one time <laughs> fee that you pay him. And at that point, they are your employee that you're paying directly. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah, I think it, you know, it's probably a 300 and something dollar finder's fee. Okay. Um, now, do you think as far as a, a, a project manager, like you mentioned earlier, this one guy said, hey, I'm awesome. So a few thousand dollars is that, and I know you said that was high, but what's kind of a, an average cost for a, a decent project manager? Well, okay. Let, I mean, let me clarify. I mean, I think of a project manager and executive assistant is different thing. Like somebody who can take some things off your plate and manage some of those for you is one thing, but a project manager I see as managing other people right. as well. Right. Um, so like this, you know, $2,000 plus a month, you know, one employee that we have, he is a project manager in the sense that the other two people he's managing them and making sure that lots of tasks and even at times is thinking for so you know he's he's got some of that executive assistant stuff going on plus he's a programmer so i mean <laughs> like if if 
he knows how to go in and write code from scratch if he needs to. Um, plus, he's got you know some management experience with us now, and um, you know he understands quite a few things about internet marketing too, and learns very very quickly. So, um, and and honestly, I I don't know anybody else that hi- has hired somebody from the Philippines at such a um, a high rate, and I don't know if that's just because most of the people I know are cheapskates and what they're <laughs> trying to hire, or you know. But to me, and so honestly, I don't even know if. Uh, I mean, I know what a programmer should be getting paid in the Philippines. He's got a unique skill set, you know. So, so we always go and look. Like I try to look. Well, what's the average, you know, rate for a three-year experienced uh, programmer in the Philippines? What would they be getting paid? So that we always pay more than that um but uh i when it comes to him i don't have any gauge as far as other people like that that have Mm -hmm. hired that kind of person or anything and all i know is like well the results i get are are definitely worth the money i pay him so i'm happy to pay him that amount um as far as like your first person like an executive assistant that can do some research handle some customer service take some things off your plate um maybe even handle your schedule you can train them on to have up to have that kind of a but they're not necessarily managing anybody else. Um, I mean, that that guy that we have for that, those kinds of things right now is about four hundred dollars a month. I think four or five hundred, you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. For for programmers, you're looking. I would say to get a good programmer with some experience, at least five hundred a month. Probably more likely, it's going to be like seven, eight hundred up to a thousand, depending on level of experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I found too. I uh, I just hired a girl yesterday actually to do uh, web design for me. And uh, she was 400 bucks a month. And, you know, like I had her do, set up a blog, put on a theme, you know, make some changes and, you know, do some graphics on there kind of as a test, which I think is always a good idea to have them kind of show their stuff. And, uh, you know, did great. I mean, I'm, I was like, how can you possibly beat that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And somebody, I mean, at that like four or $500 level, often you can find somebody who knows how to use like WordPress. They can go in and they can post stuff. They might even know how to add a theme or add a plugin, like those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, you know, so what I'm saying, like the programmer level, that's like, okay, well, right. I need you to take this plugin and like change the code to do something custom for me. Or I need you to code my own custom plugin from the ground up, or I need you to create a theme from the ground up. Like that's going to require somebody who has PHP skills and right. years of experience to know how to do that. So. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on it. So now that brings up a good point. Um, if let's say I've never done any programming, I don't know anything about it, but I want to hire a programmer. I want to have them make themes or plugins or whatever. Um, how do I get the training uh, for those VAs if I don't know how to do something? Well, I mean, one thing, obviously, if you have an idea that, yeah, it's this tricky thing because um, up to a certain point for certain kinds of virtual assistants, I, I don't think you should be asking them to um, do anything that you haven't done at least once yourself. Now, there's obviously got to be limit to that. At some point, like, right. I don't expect everybody to know how to do PHP programming. Right. Um, it just so happens that I do know, but that's because in a past life, I was a software engineer. But... <laughs> You know, like, so if you want somebody to manage your WordPress site for you, I think it would behoove you to, to know all the basics of WordPress and maybe I've changed a theme yourself, well, you know, so that you right. can speak to them intelligently and know when they're doing the work correctly. But yeah, it's, at some point it does get difficult because you're hiring people at skill levels and, and types of skills that are just, you know, beyond your own experience. Um, so, you know, the, you have to, I mean, let's look at their resume for one, obviously, and, um, 
And then it can be hard to, I mean, this is where like a service like Chris's can really help because they have hired programmers. So they know the kinds of questions to ask to tell, like, is this person truthfully like conveying their abilities and their skills? And there's things that get done. Like you said, I mean, it's always a good idea in those first couple weeks to give them a few demo tasks of like, well, I need you to do this, this, and this to go and see if they can figure it out or do it. Now, let's say there is additional training. Like the person has some internet marketing skills. They're, they're, uh, you know, going to be kind of general VA. They've done a few basic things, but you like, Hey, I want you to do some basic link building. And I know that's not something you have a lot of experience in, but I, you know, they're like, Oh, well, I'd be happy to learn it. Mm-hmm. Where do they go for that training? Um, well, many times we have bought courses for our virtual assistants and said, here, go through this course and, you know, come back to us and tell us, you know, what, give us a summary of what you learned and what you think we should do to take action on it. And, um, and, and sometimes, sometimes we'll go through those as well ourselves. Um, and then, you know, we'll just have them implement it and make procedure lists so that in the future, you know, it's not like we have to have somebody go right back through the whole entire course again and, you know, things like that. So, um, that's one way to do it. And like, for instance, anybody that signs up, for our course, our academy, we tell them all the time, we, we say, look, if you hire a virtual assistant, give them your login. Like, we're okay with them using your login. By all means, you should give them your login to go in and mm-hmm. learn the stuff that you're learning in there and can take some of that over from you as well. Um, so that's, that's one way to go about it. That's great. So, uh, like, in a case of, for instance, driving traffic, I know a lot of people want to get a VA to, to help them do that and uh, to have somebody sitting there eight hours a day driving traffic. But a lot of the uh, the free traffic is based on you know your experience and your voice, whether it's you know guest blogging or forum marketing or things like that. So a lot of times, you're, if your VA is you know no two people have the same voice anyway. But if they're you know maybe uh, decent with English, but they're not you know uh, a natural writer or whatever, but they're willing to work. What are some good strategies to help uh, generate traffic from like a, a general VA? Well, I mean, things, the, the main thing that we do for our business to generate traffic is, um, is, you know, lots of content marketing. So we're always creating podcasts and videos and blog posts and, you know, tweeting them out and putting them in Facebook and things like that. Now, mm-hmm. the, the, um, the thing that, that you have to realize, though, is – or I guess you have to know what the goal of your business is. So with us, nobody has ever written or created our content other than me or my business partner. Or if we have like a guest you know, blogger that we bring sure. in and we vetted and things like that. So the kinds of things that they're doing for us are, okay, well, you know, we record our show, but then we upload it to a server and that's it. We're not worried about it after that. So when it is our virtual assistant is making sure it gets to the editor and gets back from the editor and that it gets turned into an MP3 and it gets tagged correctly and it gets uploaded. And then, you know, that takes the show notes that we've put into a document and, and posts them and formats them correctly inside of WordPress and then publishes it and checks that all the links are working and make sure it shows up in the feed. You know, so all those other things of making sure that our content get to the right place at the right time. That's stuff that they can help out with. Now, as far as stuff that that they can do that doesn't require you to be that upfront person, 
Um, certainly there are levels of like link building and that you can have them do if you have certain procedures of, of going in. Now you have to be really careful because Google's changed the game sure. a lot. And a lot of people who are, have gone and hired people in the Philippines that were taught by somebody to do some basic link <laughs> building stuff. Well, in the last year or two, a lot of that stuff doesn't work anymore yep. and it can actually harm you. So you have to be very careful. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so, you know, that's something to consider as well. Uh, we have them post out links to our stuff to Twitter, though, um, you know, like. So, you know, that's that, you know, they just have we have a procedure when we have a podcast that goes up, they know to take that, turn it into a few different tweets and to schedule out those tweets to go out over the next um, few days. And that brings traffic back and from our from our followers and and stuff like that. Um what other traffic stuff? You could have them go. Let's say that you wanted to do a guest blogging strategy. You're going to guest blog a couple times a month on other mm-hmm. people. So what I would do is I would have my virtual assistant go out and I tell them these are the kinds of blogs I'm looking for. Can you go make me a list of you know blogs that are in my niche? It looks like they accept guest blogging. Um, find the ones that look like you know they're getting the most engagement maybe go collect some stats for me as far as you know maybe an alexa ranking or some you know get an idea of which ones are getting the most traffic or you know to help me make those decisions strategically of okay well who am i going to focus on this month for um you know guest blogging that's great so you know initial groundwork like that can certainly um be done as well that's great that's great yeah, you know, um, I, I've listened to a bunch of different people talk about uh, VAs and just what a difference it can make in your business, and um, I I just think it's fantastic. You know, I mean the the ability that we have as Americans and you know probably Canadians, Australians to be able to really bless somebody that's you know uh, in a whole different economy to be able to work from home and you know uh, help you run your business. There, the people that I've always dealt with, like. I've never met somebody from the Philippines to be a virtual assistant that hasn't been like super nice, super courteous, hundred percent honest. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're young, old, male, female, they'd seem like just the nicest, happiest people to help, help you with your business. You know? Yeah. I mean, they're, they are, they tend to be very, very loyal, very friendly, and they've got a lot of understanding of like English and American culture because of, you know, the, the history of the country and things like that as well. Right. You know, and that, that brings up a good point, too, is because it's a whole different culture, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss mentioned, you know, being specific in the four-hour work week with your VAs. Like, instead of just saying, go do this, it's, you know, uh, go do this. It should take this long. If after a third of that amount of time you don't think you can do it, you know, contact me and, and we'll kind of, you know, uh, see what's going on to see if we can help you, you know, things like that. Um, have you run into that a lot with your VAs as far as having to talk to them a little differently than you would say an American? Well, I mean, there's a certain level of just delegation, good delegation skills that go into that anyway, though. Uh, I mean, because you are talking to somebody in a different culture with maybe, you know, a slightly different grasp on the English language um, and you know, different understandings of, I, I mean, I have, I wouldn't say it's a work ethic thing, but I just say that for whatever reason, sometimes things can take longer than I think for somebody that I've hired in the Philippines to go and, and, and maybe just, a I have more experience. Maybe you know, there's a number of reasons why that may be. Now in the end, it usually doesn't bother me if it takes even twice as long as it would take me because I'm paying so little and I don't have to do it. So I'm fine <laughs> with that. Right. Um, and so there are just, I mean, as, as with any 
also is just with any employee, no matter where you hired them from, there would be just finding that groove and that shorthand of how you communicate and, and having them learn what your expectations and preferences are. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, obviously, the better you can do in giving specifics, showing examples of what right. you want. I mean, we use screencasts all the time. We'll use like jingproject.com uh, to, to record little videos to do you know, a little screencast of uh, here's exactly how I do it. Like we do, uh, in fact, I think Jeremy, my business partner, probably just about every task he does delegates to them mm-hmm. is through a Jing video. So basically yeah. he just records a bunch of Jing videos, sends them to our project manager guy, and then he probably turns them into tasks and divvies them out to, to whoever's doing them or whatever. But that's great. Um, so that's, there's a tip for communicating that stuff. But I know that when I first started hiring people, virtual assistants, that there were growing pains of just i mean i i'd never managed anybody before <laughs> i'd been an employee but i'd never gotten to the point you know thank goodness i was only an employee for like three years of my life so i never got to the point where i was a manager so there was just there were definitely some growing pains of learning how to be a good manager be a good employer yeah so um i i know we're getting near the time uh, where we want to wrap it up uh, one thing I did want to mention, which I'm, I'm glad you brought up, was uh, as far as how to give your, your VAs their tasks. You know, Jing is a great tool, and I'll put the link in, in the show notes as well for that. Uh, and the beauty of doing these videos, if, if somebody's thinking about doing this, is uh, first of all, with Jing, you can immediately upload it right to you know YouTube, and you can make it private. And Jing has a five-minute limit, which actually, if you're going to do a single task per video, which is what I suggest... You can keep them real short, like a minute, you know, two minutes, that kind of thing. And uh, what's great is if somebody does get fired or quit or just doesn't work out for whatever reason, you're not having to start over again. You can just say, you know, all right, check out these videos and do what it says, you know? Right. Yeah. For everything that we have them do, if it's a new task that we're having them do, we have them create a procedure of how they did it so that that's there for their reference as well as my reference and the reference of anybody in the future that may have to do that task as well. Um, So that's a huge, huge, huge tip because it can really help remove the friction of of getting somebody new up to speed in your business. So other than Jing, do you have a favorite tool uh, or software that you like to use when it comes to outsourcing? Well, as far as like project management and managing tasks, we just recently started using a new one. In fact, we mentioned it on an episode that we recorded today. Uh, It's called Asana, A-S-A-N-A dot com. And uh, you can have up to 30 people for like free, Hmm. which is nice. Um, Free is good. So, um, so far, I'm pretty happy with it. We were using something else before. I mean, at first we were using Google Docs and that starts getting really unwieldy pretty fast to just like be, you know, have this whole huge list of. So having something that's really made to manage tasks and when they're due and when they got completed and, you know, you have a better record of what's going on is definitely recommended. And, and, you know, a few years ago, you'd be paying money to have a good project management system mm. um you know base camp or things like that they have a cost but you know for a bootstrapped solopreneur business that just has a, a virtual assistant or a few different uh freelancers that they're working with you don't want to be paying 30 50 bucks a month for a project management thing so um yeah definitely check out asana i mean i've only honestly as of this recording right now i've only used it for a few days but so far i'm pretty happy and based on my experience of using other project management software in the past i'd say so far so good mm-hmm. and it's free so hey you got nothing to lose but to try it out that's awesome i'll tell you a, a cool tool that uh, i heard about 
gosh, like a year ago and then forgot about it and then recently kind of rediscovered it. That's uh, that's great for uh, automating a lot of things and syndicating a lot of things. Like uh, when you put out a blog post, it automatically uh, can put it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, stuff like that without you having to do anything is a site called uh, If This Then That. Ah, yes, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, as soon as I started getting into syndicating stuff like you're supposed to, I mean, why just put a blog post out when you can also put it on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and put the image on Pinterest and get that additional uh, traffic? And so with If This Then That, which is this, the site is uh, ifttt.com, uh, you know, I've set up all these different, they call them recipes, and what a huge time saver, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's always the question before you. I mean, there's there's three elements here to, to saving yourself uh, your pain and, and time and sanity and things like that. And that is, um, can, well, the first question to ask yourself is, does it even need to be done? Like, if nobody did this, would it even matter? Because right, <laughs> right. there's sometimes, yeah. So just getting it on, you know, the, so actually, I guess it's four things. So one thing is just to get rid of stuff that's not necessary. You're doing 80-20 analysis and just get rid of the stuff that's really not producing results. But then the next thing you do is ask yourself, well, can I automate this? And mm. so like something like if this, then that definitely can help with automating some of those tasks for you. So it's like, well, nobody even has to worry about it. Like I, I don't have to pay anybody. I don't have to do myself. It just happens. you know. Right. Or or with the, you know, a few clicks of a button and, and a few minutes of work, now all of a sudden 20 minutes of work is automated. So yeah, that's the first thing I ask after just getting rid of it if it doesn't need to be done is can it be automated um if not then i just look and go okay well can it be streamlined at all just to make it the most efficient process possible and then and then at that point i outsource it to somebody else that's awesome so uh last question before we uh get off the phone if you could only suggest one book or training uh tool on resourcing what would you recommend to somebody on 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 specifically on how to outsource? Well, just kind of before you start outsourcing, you need to either read this or you need to watch this or listen to this. Hmm. You know, I I think there needs to be a really good training. I mean, I there was one that we used to to recommend, and I, I feel like it's got, kind of gotten outdated. So I don't want to recommend that one. And and I don't know that Chris has. Chris should have. Maybe he does. And if not, then I imagine he plans on it having a good training on on how to outsource because certainly that would only help i think mm-hmm. drive his business i i've actually thought because it is one of the f- top things that our people ask about learning more about i have thought about you know maybe we need to make a course about outsourcing so i wish i mean obviously you can go read for our work week and that gives you an idea but like the really nitty-gritty ins and outs especially of like specifically to the philippines or whatever mm-hmm. um I, you know i sadly i don't know that i could tell you Mm. To point point you to an exact resource. So there you go. That's a hole in the market that needs to be filled. There honestly, you there you go. Yeah, there's a there's a book called uh, The E Myth Revisited, which talks about not so much outsourcing as much as setting up a standard operating procedure. You know that kind of thing. Which yeah, that stuff. E Myth has definitely influenced how we set up our operations. That's good stuff for sure. Yeah, and I think that kind of having that mindset before you think about outsourcing is key as far as understanding like. What's the objective of the business? Who's the ideal customer? You know, what am I trying to accomplish? Things like that. Um, but you're right. I think there's is still uh, kind of a big hole in the market. So uh, we might have to talk after uh, after we hang up <laughs> about coming up with a, a good solution because I, I think that there are a lot of people out there that have questions about you know how do I set up those tasks? How do I find people? You know, how often should I communicate and how things like that. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, Chris would, I think, be an ideal person to make that. However, I think he he doesn't want to just because he has he I mean, that that little arm of his business is just one tiny piece of his income and his businesses. And he really wants to be known for other stuff. I don't think he wants to label himself specifically as the outsourcing guy, which is probably why he hasn't come out with like a specifically paid course about here's how you outsource to the Philippines. So mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody's listening to this and you've been doing it a while and you feel like you're a master at it. Well, then you might <laughs> want to consider making a, uh, a course all about it. Awesome. So any, uh, final advice or, uh, quotes you can think of for the people that are listening before we wrap things up, Jason? Um, well, I, I mean, it's just, it comes down to something we say on our show a lot is it's all about progress, not perfection. So, so take mm-hmm. action, go create some value, you know, get, get some things happening and, and don't worry about whether or not it's perfect. Um, you know, learn as you go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, for the people that are listening again, all the show notes are going to be at epicmarketer.com forward slash Jason. And, uh, you can find Jason online at internetbusinessmastery.com. He's got, uh, probably the most popular podcast on iTunes there for, uh, for internet marketing, and uh, both Jason and Jeremy are really great guys and great teachers. And you can also connect with Jason on Twitter at JasonVO. So thanks again so much and have an awesome rest of the day, Jason. Sure. Thank you, Mike. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast. Please tell a friend to check out EpicMarketer.com.